0: Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Welcome to Gems for the Journey Wisdom from the Word of God. Thank you for tuning into our podcast gems for the journey, wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matthew and Stephanie Garrity. We are founders of River of Heaven Ministries, which is one of many conduits that God is working through for such a time as this to bring freedom, healing, deliverance, revival, awakening, and new life in Christ Jesus to the nation's. In Gems for the Journey podcast, we are going to explore the amazing depths of the Word of God in order to mine out those gems, those nuggets of wisdom that there are within the text and the context of Scripture as well. Scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of the Father and brings them to us. He teaches them to us. The Word of God also says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. There is the Logos and the rainbow Word of God. The Word of God stands for eternity. It is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to divide the thoughts and intents and motives of the hearts of mankind. There is so much to explore. So you'll want to tune in every week because you will be changed from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And you're going to learn to walk in victory and move from victory to victory as you listen to and receive from the river of God that's being poured out through these vessels from the throne room of grace. So make sure you subscribe to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God on Apple Podcast, cpnshows.com for the Charisma audience, or wherever you're listening from. May the Lord bless you and keep you, May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may he give you his peace. Amen. I know you're excited to tune in. And we're excited to bring you these gems from the word of God. And now for today's podcast. Well, welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matthew and Stephanie Garrity. And today we're going to continue to explore this amazing gem for the journey, the River of God. You remember last time we explored Genesis chapter 2. And in Genesis chapter 2, we spoke about that in the Garden of Eden, there was a river and that river broke out into four different headwaters. And the first headwater, the name of that in Hebrew is Pishon. And that word Pishon means increase. The second headwater, the Hebrew name for that headwater is Gihon. And that meant bursting forth or breaking through really also can mean new life issuing forth. Then we looked at the third headwater, which uh, is the word Hedekiel. And Hedekiel means rapid or swift and darting. And truly Hebrew is a pictorial language. And so the word picture here for Hedekiel uh, or swift or darting is really an arrow in flight. And an arrow in flight, Speaks of something having purpose, something that's fired at a target in order to strike a specific mark. And then we also talked about the fourth headwater. And the fourth headwater is the word Euphrates or the Hebrew word parath. And that word in Hebrew means fruitfulness, it means sweetness. And so we began to then examine uh, these characteristics that wherever the river of God is flowing, that there are always these four characteristics present. There may be more, but God specifically wanted us to understand four characteristics of what happens when his river, when his spirit, when he is moving in a place. And then we took this concept a bit further And began to explore the fact that not only was there a garden in the beginning in the book of Genesis where the river of God flowed out. But also in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 in the Amplified Bible, it says this. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's garden. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, the apostle Paul says, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds for no other foundation can anyone lay that which which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Okay. And so... Again, that there's this understanding of there's a garden in the book of Genesis, and we as believers, as born-again believers, if you've received Jesus Christ, if you've repented and believed, you've been saved by grace through faith, and you are now called God's garden. And so then, what then flows out of you? What flows out of you are those four characteristics of what we discovered in Genesis, increase flows out of you. Breakthrough, bursting, new life flows out of you. Purpose, swift and darting flows out of you. And fruitfulness or sweetness flows out of you. And then we begin to talk a little bit about the state of things in our nation right now and things in the nations in general And how we're reminded in scripture that there would be a great falling away. And how in the last days the Bible says that the love of many would wax cold. And so I believe that God is specifically keying in on And understanding not only that we need to swim in his river like never before and not become dry and not become unloving when we see calamities and strife and situation and pestilence and rumors of war and war and all these things that we are told are going to happen as things get closer to the end, but that we need to be in unity like never before. You know, Psalm 133 verses 1 through 3 says, how precious, how pleasant, how beautiful it is when the brethren, when the body of Christ really dwells together in unity. It's like the precious oil poured down on the head of Aaron, down the beard, all the way down the body. It's like the dew uh, upon Mount Hermon that descended upon Mount Zion. It says, there the Lord commands the blessing, life, Forevermore. And so there's this understanding, this concept that where there's unity, there's power. Where there's unity, there's blessing. Where there's unity, there's life. And again, where there's unity, there is uh, love, there is fruitfulness, there is uh, strength, there is bursting, there is purpose, there is increase in abundance. Amen. Why? Because God's word is talking about a flow with his river, wherever the river flowed, there was these things in, in Psalm 133, verse one through three, we see a flow of God's oil being poured out, but it's still a flow. There's still an understanding that, that the water and the, the oil speak allegorically of the Holy spirit He is the third person of the Godhead. And so we need to be in tune and swimming, so to speak, in the river of the spirit. We need to be drenched and saturated, if you will. We need to be covered uh, by the pouring of the oil of God upon our lives. And so today, I really want to get into this second part of this teaching on this uh, nugget of wisdom that I'm calling the river of God, this gem for the journey, if you will. And remember that we talked about that the river of God really shows up in Scripture three different places. The first place it shows up is Genesis chapter 2, which we just talked about and we talked about in the first podcast. The second place it shows up is Ezekiel chapter 47 of what we're going to talk about today. And the third place this understanding of the river of God shows up is Revelation chapter 22. And so, Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray for all those listening from every nation today. I pray, Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel and might, knowledge fear of, of the Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would Search the deep things of the Father and that you would bring them to us, that you would teach them to us. Open up the eyes of our understanding, open up our ears, open up everything that needs to be open in order for us to receive the truth and the wisdom that's in your word today. I pray for everyone to be blessed today in Jesus' name. Amen. And so turn with me, if you will, or scroll on your phone or your device Let's first go to Ezekiel chapter 40, Ezekiel chapter 40, verses one through four, and we'll get a little bit of an understanding before we jump into the actual focal text for today. So Ezekiel chapter 40, verses one through four says this, in the 25th year of our captivity at the beginning of the year on the 10th day of the month in the 14th year, after the city was captured On the very same day, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he took me there. In the visions of God, he took me into the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain. On it toward the south was something like a structure of a city. He took me there, and behold, there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of bronze. He had a line of flax and a measuring rod in his hand, and he stood in the gateway." And he said to me, son of man, look with your eyes and hear with your ears and fix your mind on everything I show you. For you were brought here so that I might show them to you. Declare to the whole house of Israel, everything that you see. And so we see here, the prophet Ezekiel, oftentimes prophets in scripture would be given visions from the Lord dreams or visions from from God, and God would be showing them something in this vision that then would translate into what they were to speak, in this case, to the nation, to the whole house of Israel. And so it's very interesting that God takes the prophet up and shows him this structure. Now, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 1 through 7. We'll go to later in this vision or later in the story in Ezekiel. Verse one, afterward, he brought me to the gate, the gate that faces toward the east and behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east. His voice was like the sound of many waters and the earth shone with his glory. It was like the appearance of the vision, which I saw like the vision, which I saw when I came to destroy the city. The visions were like the vision which I saw by the river Kibar and I fell on my face and the glory of the Lord came into the temple by way of the gate which faces toward the east. The spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Then I heard him speaking to me from the temple while a man stood beside me. And he said to me, son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet where I dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. Wow. And so Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel is shown the place of God. He's shown the glory of God. He's shown the temple of God and he's shown what? God seated in the midst of the temple. He's shown God seated in the midst of the throne. Now let's go uh, to Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 1 through 12. And this is the focal text for today's teaching.
1: Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east, The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gate that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east, remember, this is the same man from Ezekiel 40 earlier. When the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, He measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the water, and it came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed, and he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? And then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river.
0: so we just heard that first we see in Ezekiel chapter forty that the prophet is given the vision from a distinct a far away vantage point of this structure of the temple of God then the angel of the Lord leads him to the temple itself, and he begins to see the glory of God filling the temple. And then from there, he takes him to the gate, and he starts to see a river flowing out of the temple eastward. And this river In the beginning, it starts out that it's a very small trickle of water, and then it's a little bit deeper, and then it gets a little bit deeper, and then it gets deeper to the point where it's come up now to the waist of the prophet as the angel is guiding the prophet through the waters. And it's just very interesting that he says, son of man, have you seen this in verse six? Have you seen this? I want to ask us all that question today. Have you seen this? Have you seen the river of God? Have you seen the glory of God? Have you been a witness to God's power in your life? Have you seen the water of the Spirit moving? Have you seen God moving in his mighty power? Have you seen God's glory? Let's go on in verse 7.
1: When I returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. Let's stop there.
0: So not only does this water flow out of the temple but it flows into another body of water and this is the sea. And if we understand historically of this area where this where this uh story in the word of God is taking place where this vision is of this is this sea is the dead sea. This sea is a sea that had no life in it. This sea is a sea that many historians believe because of the fire and brimstone that rained down on Sodom and Gomorrah, that there was so much sulfur content and so much uh, death that recurred as a result of that in the water, that this sea could not have anything life in it no life. It was inhospitable. And watch what it says here in verse 9 again. And it shall be that everything that moves wherever the river goes will live. So the water, the river of God flows out of the temple, flows out of the very place where God's enthroned and begins to flow and gets deeper and deeper. And then it pours into the Dead Sea. It pours into the place that nothing lived in. It pours into the place that, there is, that is inhospitable to life. And watch this. It says there will be, in verse 9 it goes on, there will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there for they will be healed. And everything will live wherever the river goes. Every, Every place the river goes is healed. Every place the river goes, there's life Verse 10, it shall be that fishermen will stand by it from en to En-Eglium. They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, which is the Mediterranean sea, exceedingly many. But the swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will not, they will be given over to Salt. Along the bank of the river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from where? The sanctuary. The water flows from where? The temple. The water flows from where? The throne of God. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. And so, wow, What a powerful area of scripture, again, that talks about this gem, the river of God. And here, the prophet discovers a few other things about the river. So not only does the river of God have increase and abundance flowing as a part of it, not only does the river have breakthrough and bursting and new life flowing as a result of it, not only does the river have purpose flowing in it or out of it, But And not only does it have uh, even fruitfulness or sweetness, but we find what? Wherever the river of God is, the glory of God is. And also, wherever the river of God goes, it's full of life. It's teeming with life. And not only that, but wherever it flows to and wherever it flows through, it brings what? Healing and life. So much so that it begins to attract fishermen. It says that fishermen from Engedi to Eneglium were standing by the banks of wherever this river flowed, and there was a great multitude of fish. And it goes on that says that there are trees uh, on the side of the river and the trees because of what the river of God does uh, in these trees, bringing them sustenance and nourishment. These are healthy trees that produce fruit in every season. And I think that maybe some of you understand where I'm going with this, but we need to understand that the river of God Everywhere the river flows there's life. This was a dead area. The Dead Sea was a dead area. God showed the prophet a dead area. And I'm sure all of us can understand that there in our lives are dead areas around us. And don't think it's strange my brother and sister That you've been placed in certain areas that have the Dead Sea around you. Oh, yes, you've been placed in certain areas that have salt flats uh, and marshes and all these different things around them that even refuse to be healed. It says that they're not healed. But understand this that wherever you Speak the word wherever you release the word of God, wherever you begin to pray for people, wherever you begin to worship the Lord and release the river of God in your life and out of your life, there's going to be healing, there's going to be freedom, there's going to be deliverance. Watch this there is going to be a gathering of fishermen of evangelists, there's going to be a concerted effort of those who have a desire to catch fish that will show up as you release your river, as you release, and as the church, as the temple of God, so to speak, releases her river, as we not only are concerned that the river is flowing within the house, but that what the river goes out of the house, it begins to flow out and the, into the community, into the Dead Sea, if you will, where there's crime and there's pain and there's suffering and there's sickness and there's disease. Wherever God put his temple, wherever God put his garden, wherever God placed his throne or his throne is uh, seated, there is a river. And today in the church, I believe that we have moved from a place of understanding this to being a place where how do we draw people in? And God's house was never called to be a place that was a spectator sport. It was never called to be a place where there was this, come see this great attraction today, everyone, look, we're going to put up a movie or we're going to give a car away. No, no, those are carnal means to bring people in, but God's word says that his church by being in a region, by being in a community, by being in our nation and the church in the nations, that there was going to be what? His throne there. He enthrones himself on the praise of his people. What's going to be there? His house is there. So his garden is there made up of all these different gardens, these individual lives who've been born again. And guess what flows out? There is a flow individually out of us as the garden, but then there is a greater flow corporately as we gather together as God's garden. And instead of attracting people to the house of God, By carnal means, what if we just decided that we're gonna say, you know what, God, we thank you that your river is flowing? Holy Spirit, have your way in this service. Holy Spirit, have your way first in my life. Holy Spirit, have your way. I wanna just begin to swim in the river. I I yield, I surrender, I wanna get all the stuff out of my life that's hindering me from swimming. And brother and sister, people of God, I see, beloved, I see from all around people beginning to swim in the river of God and not just swim in the river, but there being a breaking forth of the river of God out of the house of God, it coming out, it was never designed, it was not called to be a pool to stay in, Uh, it was designed to flow out of us individually, flow out of the church corporately to what? Bring healing to the community, to bring healing to the states, to bring healing to the nation, to our nation, United States of America, to bring healing to the nations. Other, t- other parts in scripture were, we're instructed or we're, we find in scripture that God says he compares people to trees. He also compares people allegorically to fish. Jesus said, I will make you what? Fishers of men. And what does he call us? Oaks of righteousness. So what begins to happen? Not only is the river then teeming with fish, not only is there life, not only is there a harvest that comes in, but also there are trees that begin to grow up. Strong trees, oaks of righteousness, if you will. Uh, Trees of all different kinds, all different types of people, all different nations, all different diversities of, of tribes and kindred and tongues. And what are they doing? The trees are being nourished by the river of God and they're producing fruit, fruit that can help to nourish fruit. That's sweet again, an aspect of the river of God fruit that with the seed in it that can be transplanted in the next generation. And so there's just a lot there and there's other gems embedded within that whole understanding. But let's refocus on the river of God. We must be ones that are willing to just, Ezekiel could have stopped right there. He could have stopped ankle deep and said, no, I'm good, God. But we've got to be ones that are willing to not stop there, but to be not just ankle deep, but chin deep, knee deep, waist deep, and to be ones that would swim in God's river. Not only that, but even if you've been swimming, there's always a deeper place. There's always deeper depths, so to speak, and there's always higher heights. And I just see the Lord, even for those who are swimming in his river, I see him calling us deeper. Why? Because In the ocean, many great explorers have traversed and have studied and have dove uh, with scuba gear and all these different things. And even though the ocean is vast, and even though there's been many discoveries in this vast ocean, there are new discoveries to be made every day. There are species that have never been discovered until we go deeper into the water there are there are treasures uh, of, of sunken vessels and and treasures that of sunken ships and all these planes that have crashed over time and all this treasure. But we've got to go deeper. There are new species uh, of organisms that we know that there's pearls inside uh, clams and oysters and things of that nature. And there are gems, if you will, that are hidden deep in the depths of the things of God. And so I want to ask you this question today. Are you ready to go deeper? Because God's calling us deeper despite the situation and circumstance and calamities and problems and wars And rumors of wars and pestilence, disease, all these different things that God said were the time of sorrows or or birth pangs. And even beyond that, where there's persecution and even those in other nations that have been martyred and those even within our nation that at times are martyred for the gospel. My point is this, beloved. We don't know how far along we are. We don't know when Christ's return will be. And so we ought to not just be wanting to swim in the river, but we ought to want to be drenched and engulfed and swimming down deep in order to bring out the treasures from the word of God, in order to bring out the strategies from the the word of God, strategies from the presence of God, strategies of what to do during these times. And the only way we're able to do that is if we're in the river and swimming in the river or, or whatever allegory you'd like to use, if you'd like to use the ocean as the river is a great expanse that flows, but an ocean is just this vastness, but there's still movement in both. And so Father, I thank you today for the nations listening. I thank you, Lord, that nations, oh God, nations, nations are hearing your word today. Nations are moving from a place of just being ankle deep Or saying, I don't know, I don't know if I can believe that or trust that. And they're coming shin deep. They're coming knee deep. They're coming waist deep, oh God. That nations, people in high ranking positions in nations are hearing this broadcast and they're embracing the opportunity to come and to swim in the river of God. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and you don't understand what this lingo is about the river of God and the Holy Spirit and all these different things, friend, all you need to do is to repent and believe. The word of God says that God's goodness leads us to repentance, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's grace began the process By leading us to a place of repentance. And we turn by our faith. We use our faith and we turn. And we say, God, I don't want to be this person anymore. I repent, Lord God. Uh, Help me, Lord God. I don't want to be in this area of my life anymore. I'm guilty before you. And when we turn, the Bible says that we're saved by God's grace on the other side. It's amazing grace. It's something we could never do. But, friend, you are saved by grace through faith as you just believe and receive Christ. You will then receive that deposit, the new life in Him, the river of God, the river that will pour out of you, the river that where now you can even gather with other people in the body of Christ and together, work together in the corporate river, if you will, to flow out, to touch the nations. Amen. Well, God bless you today. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May He lift up His countenance upon you, and may He give you His peace. May the river of God flow out of you more than ever before, and we'll see you next time.
1: If you'd like to connect with us, you can go to our website at www.riverofheaven.org. River of Heaven Ministries is advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven through various means. In James One twenty-seven Scripture teaches us to care for the widows and the orphans. We take this seriously and are actively involved in supporting widows and others in need on a monthly basis. Together, we can do more. Additionally, our radio broadcasts and podcasts reach all nations, touching lives worldwide. Daily, new listeners hear the gospel, and through these broadcasts and podcasts, Millions have an opportunity to repent, believe, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listeners also learn about powerful Tabernacle of David principles through our teaching, encouraging all to worship the Father in spirit and in truth with great passion and purity. Your financial gift of any amount will help us to continue to support those in need and allow us to launch high-quality recorded radio broadcasts, podcasts, and teaching that are available for free to anyone who has internet access. With your prayers and financial support, we will continue to reach millions in our generation and multiply millions in generations to come. Thank you for partnering with us. Another way that you can support our ministry is by buying Matthew's new book, Holy Spirit, the Sevenfold Spirit of God. In this book, you will learn the history of the Spirit of God, the characteristics of the Spirit of God, the nature of the Spirit of God, and the ministry of the Spirit of God. You will get in-depth teaching on the Holy Sevenfold Spirit of God and how to walk in it. You will also have applicable worship and prayer points and new prayer declarations and decrees. You can buy this book by going to our website on our resources tab. This book is also available on Amazon, Apple iBooks, and anywhere books are sold. Thank you, and may God bless you.